When I was little, my dad was a pastor, and I always wondered why my dad worked the hardest on what was supposed to be the day of rest for everyone else. Our culture isn't known to sit still very often. Maybe that's one of the best things about church is you, guys, you get to just sit still in your seat. If you just watch TV, pretty much from any culture, watch TV for about five seconds and notice how much movement there is on the screen. Talk amongst your friends. See if they're boasting about their naps and their rests that they're taking or how busy they are. What is valued or honestly, what is normal among us? Now, it wasn't always like this. Way back when, those of us with lighter skin were considered more uh, privileged because it meant we were inside, not outside where laborers were getting a tan. Women wore dresses that literally insisted that they sit still because if we moved, we couldn't breathe. Leisurely strolls in the park and long dinners were bougie, literally. But today, longer work weeks, less sleep, more sports practices, less family sit-down dinners, and particularly the meals to prep in 10 minutes or less are really the way to go, aren't they? Even this weekend, we get an extra day off, right? But what are most people probably trying to do? They are getting away to fish, camp, rest, but also burn marshmallows, play games, shuffleboard, golf, and swim like my family did yesterday. Other people are gonna go shopping, because apparently there are great sales out there. Other people are ripping up their yards, doing yard projects, trying to utilize our time. Now, historically this weekend, Memorial Day was a time to remember and actually sit still and pause. That's what people did historically. For those of you who might have had family die while serving in the armed forces, it was a really special, intentionally silent, quiet, remembering type of day. It was to honor those who had gone before. It is still to honor. Now, as followers of Jesus, we know that there's a call to rest. Some of us maybe have heard in the Ten Commandments even. The Sabbath is one of the ten. God calls us to rest because he himself rested after creation. And God calls us as humans to reflect his own rhythms and do the same. Now, if I can be so bold as to say our first allegiance is to God, then why don't we too take moments to pause and remember those who have given their lives for us, those who gave his life for us. And maybe not just one day out of the year, not even just one day out of the week, but really every day, a rhythm of our whole lives. Now your life is full. For those of you kids in the room, okay, you've got homework and school. I don't know how you do those two things, by the way. I go to school for a couple hours and I'm exhausted. If you're involved in activities, you have stuff to do. Even if you're little, some of you are busy. If you're a college student, you've got all the same things, homework and school, but then you also probably have a job. For those of us who live alone, because I used to, it's on you to paint all the bills, to do the dishes, to take care of the yard work, whatever it might be. For those of us who are parents, we have kids to feed and the groceries just always need to be replaced. It is unbelievable. 
And I have heard that if you're a grandparent, not only are you keeping up with your own life, but you're keeping up with two generations of lives as well. God says in Exodus 20 that we are to work six days a week, and then on the seventh, we're to rest. Now, just a caveat here. I don't think Jesus meant for us to go 3,000% those six days and then kind of crash and burn on the seventh. I don't think that's what he intended. But I will say, folks, that until Jesus comes back, we're stuck with work and rest. So what do we do when our calendar is messy and we can't take it anymore? We've been in this series about self-control. When certain things just seem out of whack and we don't know what to do. We've looked at Galatians, which talks about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And isn't it interesting the last one is self-control? I think it's interesting because, frankly, if you don't have self-control, it's really hard to do all the other things. It's also hard to not do it without love, which is the first. It's a long list. We don't get to pick and choose. We don't get to say, oh, I'm really good at that one, but not the other ones, because it says it's the fruit of the Spirit, meaning God wants all of it to be fostered in our lives. But for this season, this series, we're talking about the self-control. So what do we do when it comes to our busyness, to our calendar? So if you brought a real Bible today, or if you didn't and you have your real phone with you, you can open up to Mark 2. I'm going to be reading from the TNIV if it seems a little different from yours. Mark 2, starting at verse 23. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to Jesus, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Jesus answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for people, not people for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Brian, if I move my stand this way, the sun is just getting me. I'm okay if I'm here. Okay. I love that last verse, and this is where we're going to land today. The Sabbath was made for people, not people for the Sabbath. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So if you go back to the book of Mark, which I did a few times this week, and just read the first and second chapter, last night, even again, and I've read Mark 1 and 2, I don't know let's say 50 times, I was again amazed at all the things Jesus does that just don't make sense. And if it doesn't make sense to me in 2022 as a white American woman, I'm pretty sure it didn't make sense for people back then either. Jesus establishes over and over again that he is not what people have expected. And yet he's exactly what they need. What has been prophesied and what they need. He's forgiven sins and healed bodies. He's done things on the Sabbath that people didn't think he was supposed to do. He allowed people to rip open a roof and lower down a man, and he doesn't rebuke the people for ripping the roof. Neither do the Pharisees either, which struck me this week. I thought that was interesting. The Pharisees were more concerned about what Jesus was doing than the fact that there was a hole in the roof. 
Jesus reset people's understandings about what does it mean that God loves us, <clears throat> that he has mercy, that it was okay for Jesus, the prophesied Messiah, to have a meal with tax collectors. And he also reset or tried to reset their understanding of Sabbath. Now, Sabbath was kind of like the golden calf. It was like, don't touch the Sabbath. The Sabbath, in my understanding, really set the Jews apart from everyone else in society. They worked those six days looking forward to the seventh. Bless you. It was a way to honor God's act of creation. Sorry, that just happens. Muscle memory. It was a way to honor God's act of creation. I love that we get to sit outside today, actually. And some of you get to look at your own creations, your children in the background. I don't know if the camera's picking that up, but literally we can see the children on the playground. It was a way to honor God's act of creation, but also for Jews to remember that they had been released from slavery in Egypt. They were released from labor, which never gave them rest. And it was to point that one day when everything would be at rest in eternity, when the Messiah would make things right. Now in Exodus 20, it's listed as a commandment, one of the top 10. In Exodus 20, it says, God says that we would refrain from work ourselves, but also that no one else in our household could work. So it's not like I get to sleep in and the servants come and serve me breakfast. And it extended even to the animals. And not just the animals, but it also says anyone in your town. It's supposed to have a ripple effect. Sabbath. It comes from a word literally meaning to cease, to sit still, and in some cases, to stay. Normally for me, it's a forced sitting still. I was thinking about the English translation of Psalm 23. Doesn't really work in Hebrew according to my very abbreviated Hebrew study. But in English, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He what? Makes. He makes me lie down in green pastures. I don't know, maybe that's God's funny joke for me. Or others. Others of you that need to be forced to sit still. Sometimes it's when I get sick, like this past week, and I'm literally forced to just quarantine and be still. It is a discipline, whether you're good at it or not. It means that we need self-control. And one thing we've been talking about as pastors, as we think about self-control, Really in the Christian world, it's sort of like a dichotomy or that's not the right word. It's not hypocrisy either. It's a contradiction where to, in order to get control, I have to give up control. That's really what following Jesus is about. It's no longer about me. It's always about Jesus and what he says. We are made in God's image. And if God who literally created all that we see around us, if he rested, if he got to the point where he said, I think I'm going to sit still and enjoy this. I don't know what it looked like, okay? And it wasn't because God needed to rest like, wow, I'm exhausted. That was quite a six days. But he did. He ceased. He was still. And we are created in the image of God. Therefore, it is in our DNA, living with a rhythm of rest. Now, the New Living Translation translate, translates one of those last verses as this. The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people, not so that people might meet the requirements 
of the Sabbath. It is for us. Sabbath is for us. Jesus says that. It's so we rest. It's almost like part two of what I preached about last week, which is health. So many beneficial things come from rest. Just Google it. Athletes will tell you recovery is important to training. Health benefits of when we get enough rest means less illness, less infection, less stress, healthier weight, clearer heads, and more patience. We're literally better neighbors when we get enough sleep. Jesus and the disciples in Mark 2 are hungry. They're walking through a grain field. It'd be like taking a walk in an apple orchard on a Sabbath and realizing I'm hungry and I'm going to eat something. David and his men in the story that Jesus is referencing, they were hungry. They were in the middle of nowhere. They didn't have an apple orchard or a grain field, but there was a place of worship. And there was this bread that was only supposed to be for the priests, but the priest said, you're hungry. Here, have the bread. And what are the Pharisees worrying about? They're not doing it right. This isn't what Sabbath is supposed to be. I have a parenthesis here. The Pharisees are loving to find reasons to criticize Jesus in Mark 2. Wouldn't life be so much better if we stopped criticizing one another? Man, that would be awesome. The Pharisees are asking the wrong question, in my opinion. Are they doing it right? No, they're doing it wrong, really, is what they're saying. Instead, Jesus is saying they're hungry. They need to eat. And by the way, that's what Sabbath is. It's because you need it. It's not about the rules. Sabbath wasn't created so that now you've got more burden on you and you've better figure out how to do it right. Sabbath is made for you. God has it for you. We are also created to worship. I don't know what God did on day seven. This is where the like parallel breaks down a little bit for me. But in Exodus 20, God calls, the, calls us to Sabbath and keep the day holy. I don't know what that looks like. <laughs> what does it mean for us to keep the Sabbath day holy? It did mean a ceasing from work and your household and your animals and all those around you. I think sometimes for us it means like a nap and I don't open my email. But do you think that that's really all that it can be? Isaiah 58 verse 13 says for us not to be idle on the Sabbath. Shoot. <laughs> Isaiah says don't make it an empty day where you just fulfill your own desires. Dang. Instead, we are to find joy in the Lord. Wait, it's not about me? I thought she just said it was for me. It is, but it is for what you were created for. Yes, rest, but true rest. Not the fake rest that we think. Not the self-care, oh man, I could preach that. Honestly, that is what privileged people do, in my opinion. People who submit and follow Jesus, we get to, we're invited into so much more than just self-care. The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people, not so people can meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So let's start off, though, with the first. What do you need? 
Jesus asked other people like that, that same question. What is it that you want? I don't know about you, but I could use some holy rest after a week like this. Um, I lost my battle with COVID. It's sad. I was boasting about that for months. Uh, but I got COVID, hence the mask today. And if you're concerned, I can stay away from you. Uh, my parents also lost their battle with COVID. My mom had it first and then my dad got it. My dad ended up in the hospital. He's okay. But it was quite a week. So not only was I um, at home having COVID, I was on the phone with my mom and trying to figure out the hospital and all of that. Um, I also read a lot about what happened in Buffalo and just more and more of the story of this person who drives 200 miles so that he can gun down folks who are just grocery shopping. I spent a lot of time reading and grieving over the children and the teachers and then the teacher's husband who dies of a heart attack after. I also got to read the story of the first Asian American church planter of the covenant. I didn't realize he was the first one. I actually know him, Stephen Wong. And he learned about what it looked like in the Asian American community to have diversity. It didn't just mean the Chinese got to be a Chinese church. It meant that they extended hands to the Taiwanese and the Japanese. I read about the Southern Baptist Convention and their investigation and all of the horrible, sordid details that are coming to light. I read about Ukraine and the list continues as I am sure you too had a lot of unholy news filling your email this week. I need God's rest. I need to have some holiness in the midst of that unholy. We wrote down the names of some of the people that uh, we are reading about who are being killed, who died, whose names are being recited over and over again. Everyone's in a different season of life and different things hit you at different times. Some of you are young moms and the thought of rest and worship just makes you laugh a little bit. Um, some of you don't sleep enough and so worship just really means you're not swearing at someone. Uh, for some of you, you work two jobs and there literally is no Sabbath. For you. Again, I think sometimes when you talk about rest, we forget to talk about privilege. If you have a nine to five job, you get to go home at five. Not everybody gets to do that. Some people are in the midst of kidney dialysis or chemo. What does rest look like then? Well, this week, as we do get a day off, it's Memorial Day. We're not really in a regular rhythm. I'm gonna feel screwed up all week because there's no Monday. Monday, we have a ton of meetings. So we'll have to bump all of our Monday meetings to Tuesday, which means Tuesday, you know, you know how that's gonna go, right? So it is sort of funny and ironic to talk about rhythms right now. But I would encourage you to think about your rhythms. Memorial Day is in our calendar as a rhythm to remember, to stop, to honor. And it struck me that many would say a day is not enough. And I would say, when we think about our week, is one day enough to stop and think about God? I mean, is that dumb? And some people do it. Like, oh, I did Sunday morning worship for an hour. That's probably good for my week. I don't think it is. But it is important on a weekly basis for our bodies, for our minds to rest. 
So when you think about your rhythms, what does it look like for you, for your family, for your household, for your neighbors who maybe don't want to hear the lawn mow, lawn mower on Sunday afternoons? My dad never mowed on Sunday, by the way. What does it look like on a daily basis? Because if we're created for it once a week, doesn't that mean like maybe every day we should have some of these rhythms? Pastor Libby started this practice uh, in Lent where she would just every day, it was right after lunch, she just took 10 minutes and she just sat still. She didn't pray. She didn't talk to God necessarily. She just, I mean, she was in the presence of God, right? But she just would sit still. Maybe it means you do sit down after you go through the drive-thru to eat your meal. For me, sometimes it literally means sitting down instead of just standing and eating. Sometimes it means you literally have your phone turn off at a certain time and then you actually stop saying, oh no, remind me in 15 minutes. Guilty. What rhythms do you and your household need? And I would say before the summer crazy starts. Some of us, Friday is going to be a rude awakening, people. Our kids are going to be home all day. What does it look like? What rhythms do you need? What's one thing you could do that would cause you to stop and rest? And then secondly, I would say, what does it look like to create space for that not just stopping time, but that worship time? We want to disciple you to look more like Jesus and to follow Jesus. And if you're not entering into worship with Jesus, it's just not going to happen. And all of us have room to grow. What does that look like for you, for your family? I wish I could say invite your neighbors into it. Like Exodus talking about, you know, even the town around you. Wouldn't that be amazing if we could like somehow get everyone here to worship with us? But what does it look like in your area of kind of control to also worship? What's striking me as I think about this passage, when I think about Jesus trying to teach us what Sabbath is, is that reminder that in the midst of all of the unholy, we get to create space for the holy and interact with it. So I'm going to have Brian and Nicole come back up, and we're just going to enjoy being still. I know we're watching children not be still, and that's okay. Some of you maybe can see the names and the cross here in front of us. My dad used to say, after something like Buffalo happens or school shootings happens, my dad would say, the world should stop until things like this stop happening. The world should stop. We can't solve all the problems today, can we? And it means more than just praying about it. I understand that critique when people say, don't just say our prayers and our thoughts are with you because that feels trite sometimes. We, we need to do more than just pray. But we also do need to pray because we can't do it on our own. And I think those who have lost their lives would be okay with us just being still for a little while. And there are other things that are happening in your lives. It's not just that. And God can be enough for us in this moment so that the rest of the week as we do go back to work we have connected with the creator